The reading this morning is taken from Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 15 to 20. That's on page 1, 1, 1, 1. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. And so to the one God, the only God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be all honour, praise, and glory due, both now and forevermore. Amen. A terminally ill girl in a New York hospital wrote this poem entitled, Slow Dance. Have you ever watched kids on a merry-go-round, or listened to the rain slapping on the ground? Ever followed a butterfly's erratic flight, or gazed at the sun into the fading night? You'd better slow down, don't dance so fast. Time is short, the music won't last. Do you run through each day on the fly? When you ask, how are you, do you hear the reply? When the day is done, do you lie on your bed? with the next hundred chores running through your head. You'd better slow down, don't dance so fast. Time is short, the music won't last. Ever told your child, we'll do it tomorrow, and in your haste, do not see his sorrow. Ever lost touch, let a good friendship die, because you never had time to call and say, hi. You'd better slow down, don't dance so fast. Time is short, the music won't last. When you run so fast to get somewhere, you miss half the fun of getting there. When you worry and hurry through your day, it's like an unopened gift thrown away. Life is not a race, do take it slower. Hear the music before the song is over. Well, those were wise words from a young person caught in circumstances that teach the hard way. But in that situation, she thinks about what the real priorities in life are. In our reading from Ephesians, Paul talks about recognizing the opportunities that come in time and about wise living. Wise living is living more by God's standards and certainly as Christians with an awareness of Jesus' presence each day. And that means making the use of the time he gives us to live for him. 
Last week, Norman helped us understand more about putting off the old ways and putting on the new. We live in challenging times for the Christian church. And the church in Ephesus was living in difficult times too. So what do we know about Ephesus? Ephesus was an important port in Asia. All the traffic from Asia passing to and from Rome at that time passed through Ephesus. So it was an important place. Paul established a church there, though it's not the most likely of places for a church to thrive. It was a mixed community of peoples from various parts. Pagan idol worship, as well as emperor worship, was rife. It was particularly a centre for the worship of the goddess Artemis. She was part of a fertility cult. So any church placed there would face opposition, and most likely persecution. Paul himself had trouble when he stood up against their trade from selling idols. We also learn a lot about what happened to the church there later from the book of Revelation, and it's the first church addressed in the early part of that book. From that we learn how closely Jesus knew all that was going on there. Because he walks closely among his churches, Jesus knows all about the church at Ephesus. So he can say, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. Well, great, we might say. This church has a lot going for it. It's an active church. It's got a lot of busyness about it. Their hard work is quite literally, they're toiling to the point of exhaustion. These people are very active in Christ's service. Very good. Unfortunately, there is a but to follow. Christ's challenge to them. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. All this activity, all this perseverance, all this orthodoxy, and yet no love. The one thing that Paul says, all our deeds are worthless without. So was it their love for Christ that had waned? Or was it their love for one another and the stranger in their midst? It's not clear from what's said here, but quite likely it ends up being a combination of all. If they had lost their passionate love for Christ, then all other loves would dim too. It challenges us to think about whether we do recognize Jesus' presence in our church and in all the things that we do. What does he have to say to us. So coming back to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we find that Paul was trying to set them right in those earlier times. They are to be careful how they live. They were living in a pagan society. It would be easy to allow some of what was going on to influence them. 
Today, we live as Christians surrounded by an increasingly secular society. A society that was built on Christian principles has slowly let go the important principles underpinning that society. We live in an age of mass media, and so we get this drip, drip of secular ideas being fed to us through these different media. And it's easy to lose our way as a church. In the letter to the Ephesian church in, in the uh, book of Revelation, Christ praised them for hating the Nicolaitans. And they were probably a religious sect that were peddling something that was not genuinely Christian. It was an attempt to lead them astray. We need to have that same discernment today when it comes to what is being put forward in some parts of the church. Is it in keeping with scripture? For that we have to keep ourselves in touch with God's word. Both knowledge of the Bible and time spent close with Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to point out the importance of understanding God's will. That's something we do as we take part in one of the most important of all Christian actions, prayer. We need to pray as individuals. We need to pray as a worshipping community together. There is always the challenging question, do we pray enough? Spending time with God is valuable if we're to hear from him. Reading our Bibles and prayer are important to understanding God's will. One thing that's always tempted people from the earliest times is the intoxicating effect of alcohol. And today we can add the effect of drugs. Paul tells them not to get drunk with wine. It can be a way of escaping pressures or hurt. And it be can become addictive. Alcohol abuse and drug abuse can lead people down some very dark paths. Much crime today can be attributed to people desperately trying to fuel their addiction. Christians have much to contribute in addressing this menace. Street or beach pastors are a great help to people who get themselves vulnerable through too much drink. And there are Christian rehabilitation centers helping people to overcome addiction. And I know that firsthand from my work at a drug rehabilitation house, which was my first full-time Christian service. It was a joy to help people build a new life from their dependency on drugs. And many came to faith in the Lord for themselves. The antidote to the dangers we find ourselves surrounded with is Paul's instruction to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the original language that the letter was written in, his meaning is that we should go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-off event. We should continually be seeking to allow the Spirit to fill more of our life. It's a matter of being continually open to God's spirit. 
we learn from Scripture that the Spirit can easily be quenched. We quench the Spirit by not responding to his guidance. We quench the Spirit when we allow persistent sins to direct our life. We need to open more of ourselves to God's life-giving Spirit. Paul goes on to talk of how we can make ourselves individually and corporately more open to Christ. He says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is highlighting the importance of worship, And Selwyn Hughes points out the difference between praise and worship. He writes, Praise is appreciating God for what he does. Worship is adoring him for who he is. C.S. Lewis, with his characteristic lucidity, put it like this, I learned how a thing can be revered, not for what it can do to us, but for what it is in itself. It was then, he said, that he understood the difference between praise and worship. One of the main failures of modern-day Christians is to put work before worship. We take our converts and immediately set about making workers out of them. God never meant it to be so. God meant that every convert should learn first how to worship him and only after that become a worker. God is not primarily in the business of recruiting laborers for his harvest field. His chief aim is to restore fallen men and women to the condition where they can offer him true worship. How true it is that unless we are involved with Jesus Christ in a loving and adoring relationship, we have nothing of eternal value to offer a dying world. We must come to a definite conclusion about this before we move on any further. Our work for God must flow out of our worship. No exceptions, no rationalizations. Nothing must take the place of our first obligation, the first law of the soul, the worship of God. So Selwyn Hughes points out that it's a matter of priorities. Yes, we should serve God with his love shown to those around us, but we need to be close to him to draw the power to serve him and those around us in unconditional love. It's all too easy in this frenetic day and age to get caught up in busyness. We need to step back and focus on what God wants. Not just get involved in lots of activity for the sake of making ourselves feel better. It's important to get our priorities right. First and foremost is our worship, our adoring relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. To be open to the infilling of his spirit. We then need discernment to avoid taking on board things that are not helpful to our growth in faith. We need to step back from being busy, 
busy, busy. Rather, we need to take time to seek God's will. Let us pray. Loving Lord, help us to use the time you give us wisely and effectively in our service to you. May your Holy Spirit fill us and guide us day by day. Amen.